the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman and Jacob Frecht with you here on another edition of the Steelers Standard. The bye week for the Steelers is upon us. It's a good time for introspection and reflection. It's also a good time to kind of step back and take a lay of the land and where you stand. So let's look at the AFC North. Let's look at the other three teams. Let's look at their current status as we are ever so closer to the midway point of the NFL season. Right around week eight is when that point will hit. Ravens at the top at five and one. The Bengals are four and two. And in second place, the Steelers and the Browns are tied for third with three and three records each. Steelers right now getting a tiebreaker with better conference win percentage. It's not by much. Obviously, that won't become a factor when these two teams meet twice. So they'll have the chance to handle the tiebreakers on their own accord and control their own destiny there. But looking at the top with the Ravens, uh, are they the cream of the crop to you? Are they the team that's going to really take control of this thing over the next couple weeks? And I don't want to say run away with it because I think if the Browns get healthy, I think they're still good enough to rack up some wins. And I'm honestly pretty impressed with what I've seen so far from the Bengals, even though I do have my doubts that it's sustainable over 17 games. If the Ravens win this week against the Bengals and then win again next week and they have a nice three, four-game cushion almost against some of these teams in the AFC North, I mean, it's not like it's an NFC East where it's such a bad conference, but Mm -hmm. it it still might be over as early as the NFC East is because the Ravens are just getting out to such a hot start. I think we'll learn a lot about the way this division will play out this week. If the Ravens take care of business against the Bengals – that's got to be it, right? I, I I just don't see. It's a pretty tough hill for everybody anyone else to catching climb. up with, with the Steelers facing their own issues, just by struggling to get wins against bad teams such as the Broncos and the Raiders and the Seahawks. I don't see them catching Baltimore with Cleveland being so set back with its surmounting injuries. I can't see Cleveland getting any traction in the division race. And I have a lot of respect for the Bengals. I think, as you've pointed out, Tom, I'll agree with you. They are the surprise team in the NFL this year. They're at 4-2. and two. They have already, through six weeks, matched their 2021, or 2020 win total. Something we did not see coming. Maybe at the end of the 2021 season, we were saying, okay, they can win four, five, maybe six games. It's week six, and they've already done that. So they're clearly going to surpass that. I don't see in the future a big stumble and fall and just free fall as as the rest of the season unfolds for them. I don't see them winning two of their next, what, 13 games and finishing with only six wins on the year. <laughs> uh Again, it's it's always possible. I think they got the Jets in there, so at least one wins. At least one win, right? But if Baltimore does take care of business, that puts them at five or six and one, and and Cincinnati in four and three. And then here's the snowball effect that could happen if that happens. If they go to six and one, they get the Vikings at home again next week. Three, four straight home games for the Ravens. Well, not only that, but they have the Vikings. It's a buy. It's a buy after the Bengals. But still, they have the Dolphins and then the Bears. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're, they're tougher matter. competitions or tougher things to do to win on the road, but they're 
easy, easily won games for that. That's 9-1 and one before heading mm-hmm. into the Sunday night game against the Browns. Now the schedule amps up for them with Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Packers. Bengals, Rams, Steelers. That, that's a tough stretch. Tough I mean, stretch. We, we talked about the Steelers having a tough go from the, the Chargers game and on, but that's, I wouldn't say, is any easier than maybe it is just because they play the Steelers twice. And, and because the Steelers they're have to j- the Ravens. And because they're a better team than the Steelers, so that makes it a little bit easier as well. But if they're 9-1 and one heading into that Browns game on Sunday night last weekend in November, and they do have that daunting stretch ahead of them, still think they'll probably beat the Steelers twice. That's 11 wins. They'll probably get one against the Browns if the Browns are healthy, two if they're not healthy. Right. So at, say they are healthy. That's 12. And both. I bet they beat the Bengals on the road again. That's 13. Here's the thing. Both the Packers game and the Rams game at are home. both in Baltimore. And they do that thing in Baltimore where they beat teams like that. I mean, they just did it to the Chargers this weekend. There was a time, this was during the Joe Flacco era, but John Harbaugh was still there. They had the longest home winning streak. Like, not not just at the time, but they were gaining traction for the longest home winning streak in NFL history. They were, they were up there. You could not win in Baltimore. It was just almost impossible. To Especially do. in a preseason game. They haven't lost in like twelve years in a preseason yeah, football game. I love how they, I love how they love to mention that. I think the floor for them right now, based on their schedule and how they're playing, is twelve and five. I think that's the. Floor. I think that's generous. I think that's the floor. I think that's the worst they can do. I think. I think. Or gonna, I think. I think that's a little undermining them. I think. I think they can get thirteen and four. Well, I think that's what they're gonna do. I'm saying I don't see them dropping anywhere worse than right, twelve and right. five, though. Which no. I think either one's gonna get you the division this Even year. Even if you go twelve and five, you're gonna be seeing they they really lost five games this year. They're a better team than that. Probably, and that's probably that's definitely gonna be good enough for your division. Mm. I, I don't know if it's the two or the three seed because Tennessee's division's so bad they could maybe get to thirteen and four just by default. But twelve and five is a pretty damn good record. And like I said, I think it would definitely take that AFC North crown. Um, if you had to give an MVP of the AFC North, forget the rest of the league, it's got to be Lamar Jackson right now. A lot of people were ready to say that the Ravens were going to be the team that came in last place this year in a tough division just simply due to all of the injuries they had preseason. All of their running backs go out. Marcus Peters, their number two corner and Part of probably one of the best, if not the best, tandem of cornerbacks in the NFL. He goes down for the year, so a lot of injury questions heading into the season had people getting doubts about the Ravens when they were so high on them before those injuries happened. They've really just been able to keep going with, like, as if I mean, like, if none of those injuries happened and they were sitting here at five and one, it'd be like, oh, okay, that's normal. And now mm-hmm. they're sitting here at the exact same record. Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray are running the ball effectively, and mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell's even getting into the end zone. And it's not because those guys are having some amazing renaissance and you know they're all of a sudden found, finding the fountain of youth. The fountain of youth that they're finding is Lamar Jackson, and it's easy to be a running back and run in that offense because there's so much that the defense is accounting for for number eight. And I don't know if there's anybody in the league that does an RPO fake better than Lamar he is so good at carrying out the fake and watch the middle linebackers when Lamar hands the ball off to Murray or Freeman and then takes off on his own like he still has the ball almost 95% of the time both middle linebackers are gravitating towards Lamar that makes it easy for Freeman or Murray even though they're washed up to pick up five six yards no problem so 
one of the, it's the best rushing offense we've seen in the NFL's history over the past couple of years, breaking the record two years ago in that category. Lamar, I think, is the best rushing quarterback we've ever seen. Uh, I know better than Vic. I think he's better than Vic. It's close, but I think he's better than Vic. But he's winning a lot. At more the very than least, Vic he's is. in that category. And he's you never won had a lot someone more like than that Vic before. Has early in this career, he won the MVP. So I don't think it's that outlandish to say. So uh, he really deserves so much credit and like i said mvp of the afc north just because that team was in dire straits once the injuries happened before the season started and he's just been mvp status and and kept them right afloat and and right where they actually should be at five and one right now yeah i I, this team would be among the worst they'd be toast without him among the worst i mean this team does not operate not even on a the same level it is in a different stratosphere, in a different galaxy of production if you throw out Chase, Trace McSorley instead of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. This, uh, we talk about value to a team. Lamar is probably the most valuable person to his team this year because you cannot substitute anyone in for Lamar and have that offense look anywhere near the same as it does with him. The second-place team in the AFC North right now is the team that has the Ravens this Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium, the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming off of a big blowout win over the Detroit Lions, their widest margin of victory on the season so far, passing their previous one of 14-point victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, So they go, they mollywop Detroit, they take care of business there. That's following what I think was a big statement game for them against Green Bay. Yes, they lost that game in overtime with plenty of chances to win it, but the fact that Rodgers came into your dojo and you really took him to the very bitter end, mm-hmm. it's a good sign for the Bengals. It shows that they're able to you know, stay in games against really good teams. Previously, they had beaten the Vikings. It's an average to above-average team, but still, it's not like exactly shocking when you beat the Vikings. The Vikings have a tendency to drop some games that they shouldn't. Uh, you lose to the Bears at Chicago, so that's one that you're kind of like, I wish we could have had that one back. Maybe we are the Bengals of old. Then you beat your rival Steelers in, on the road. Yes, the Steelers aren't that great, but still, big 14-point win on the road. That's got to make you feel good. The Jags win, whatever. You know, you had to come back. looked pretty bad, like you were mm-hmm. going to give Urban his first win of the season. None of those really impressed you until they played the Packers tough, and that's when I think they started to gain some legitimacy and you you compound that legitimacy by going out the next week and just kicking the ever-living bleep out of the Lions. Right. A team that if you're average to above average like the Bengals are at least showing they are right now, you should beat the crap out of the Lions at their home stadium. So now they got another test. They go to Baltimore. Don't really have to win this game, to be quite honest with you. But as far as the Bengals as a whole is concerned, like you said, already improved from last year with – four wins matching their total just through six weeks they got the jets coming up in a couple weeks so i think they're going to pass their win total last year uh, it does get a little tough for them down the stretch with their schedule you know they still got to play the browns they still got to play the steelers again they got the chargers they got the chiefs they got the niners who are going to be desperate once they come into town so things do pick up for them and get a little tougher i kind of see them finishing eight and nine this year stumbling maybe a bit down the stretch but not in any way that makes fans of that team or uh rivals of that team in the afc north either feel for the fans sake worried or for the afc north feel comfortable 
because eight and nine after four and 12 is incredible progress. And Mm -hmm. the way they're going to look as they go eight and nine is what's really going to make people pick them as their darlings next year. And as their team to make the playoffs that missed it the year prior, just because they're going to be, even though they're going to lose more games than they win, according to my prediction, I think they're going to be in the majority of those games. I think that they're going to be one loss, one score losses, and I think that's incredible progress moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they are set up for the future, and that's something that we did not anticipate, and this early on at least. We knew that when you brought in a guy like Joe Burrow, that is, franchise al- that is a franchise-altering quarterback that could give you... A, a, a twist of fortune that you really thought was almost impossible just because of how bad you've been the past couple of years. And the one thing that I'll mention that you have talked about earlier, Tom, is the defense. Something that we had no expectations of improving to the, the level of play of which they are currently at right now. And it's remarkable because we had said going into this draft, the Bengals are going to shoot themselves in the foot if they don't take Penny Sewell as the lineman because we thought he was going to be the best guy to protect Joe Burrow. And if you don't get Penny Sewell, you should really consider going after someone on defense just because your defense is so bad. Well, they didn't take either, and they're still sitting at 4-2. and two. Now, I, I, I'm in the same camp as you are where I don't see them winning more than eight or nine games on the year, but that is still wildly surpassing expectations set for them this year. I mean, we we thought they would be a four-win, five-win team, and they've already reached that level through only six weeks. The schedule does get harder as the season goes on. As you mentioned, uh, some tougher opponents like the Chiefs and the Packers, but or I'm sorry, they already played the Packers, but the Vikings and who they've already played, so the rest of the NFC North. You got any teams on there that they haven't played yet? <laughs> they've played tough teams, though. Like, we, we've seen them hang in there. We've seen them beat Minnesota. We've seen them hang in there with the Packers. I don't know if the fact that they've done that should give us any indication that they won't have the potential to hang in with some of the other better teams that are going to face down the stretch. It is crazy. The defense is so far ahead of schedule than what people expected them to be. This year was supposed to be, yeah, maybe you improve on four wins by one, two, you get to six, the extra week added on. Offense looks really good throughout the year. Defense is the one that's giving you uh, problems and, and blowing leads or letting opposing offenses get out to too much of a lead that your offense can't dig itself out of. That was supposed to be the Bengals' story this season. The number five defense in football right now as far as points allowed are concerned. They only give up 18.5 points per game. They're top 10 in yards allowed as well, only giving up 330 yards per game. And you know, once they had a good start when they played the Steelers in week three, it was kind of like, well, maybe this is just playing a little bit above your heads. We're getting into week seven now, and they're still top five in scoring defense. You got to start to recognize that as a legitimate sample size. If we go a couple more weeks here and they're still top five, top ten in that category, you're going to have to just say – as a fact, this is a good defense that they have in Cincinnati. And if that defense is ahead of schedule, oh boy, they are going to be 
They're going to be what I they're think. Gonna the, they're they're going to be what the Browns are now, as far as people thinking, "Wow, what a turnaround! This team is a darling now." Twelve in and eyes. four, and and Baker's third year. I could easily see that for Joe Burrow, possibly. Well, that's the thing; they have a better quarterback than the Browns have. So even, they don't have as many weapons. But not they yet. Still, they're to- the top of their roster. Jamar Chase and then Joe Mixon. It's pretty. It's a pretty good one-two punch. The big thing they're lacking with a healthy Browns right now is the line. Because with a healthy, the healthy offensive line for Cleveland's one of the best in football. Mm-hmm. Bengals need a lot of work still on their offensive line, and uh, the biggest key for them moving forward is to spend the cap. Notoriously, the cheapest team in the NFL. You're obviously going to have to pay Joe Burrow buku bucks if he keeps on this path because he's going to. He's playing at a level that's going to warrant him being the highest-paid quarterback in football when it's his time to be paid. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always the next guy up, and he's playing well enough to be in that category of um, the next guy up. So you're going to have to break the bank to pay him. So I know since you're super cheap there in Cincinnati, you're probably already worried about that. you got to dump money in over these next couple years while he's on that rookie deal. How did the Chiefs do so well? They were able to spend money on other players because Mahomes was so cheap. Now Mahomes has got the $400 million mega deal. And I'm not saying that this is a correlation of that, but you're already seeing the defense is pretty dire in Kansas City, and there's just really no money out there to go out and improve it. So you really play with house money when you have a great quarterback young on his rookie deal because you can just spend, 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 spend because you're not spending as much as you should be on your quarterback's play. So they got to, next year, dump money into that defense and the offensive line, draft that defense and the offensive line. And if the defense is already playing top five good and you conti- and you throw more money into it and more draft picks into it to really round it out, you're going you're gonna to be careful of Cincinnati, but you're going to end up with a pretty complete football team mm. all of a sudden on your hands. And that's, I mean, even in the Andy Dalton era with Marvin Lewis when they were – really good defensively carrying them that way and Dalton had one of his best years and yeah they have what they had weapons they were more of a defensive football team than they were a balanced football team I think they're trending towards being a balanced football team now and that's a quarterback they have not had since the likes of Boomer Esiason in the the Bengal stripes so yeah I mean you can't even say Carson Palmer you can't even say Andy Dalton nah, because those guys did nothing for you and he's better Carson Palmer's a good one but I think Burrow's going to be better than both of them but still I mean Carson Palmer what was the level of su- success he reached he got you to the playoffs never won you a playoff game well his leg got snapped in half but but yeah but he was still there before he went to an NFC Championship game too with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, yeah. I mean, it does nothing the, for the, the Bengals. The talent was there for Palmer. It just he got chemoed. Andy Dalton had talent too. He had AJ Green Less available talent. to him. Well, AJ, I meant as AJ a quarterback, Green. not as okay, the players fair. around. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But still, I think the defense that Dalton had in his era with Vontez. Oh, Burbank, they were they were one of the best in football, mm-hmm. and they were the nastiest in football. They played like it was Joe the Bur- they, Put they, Joe Burrow on that team. They're winning that game against Pittsburgh. Yeah, because they're probably scoring 30 points. If Andy Dalton was in, they might have won that game against Pittsburgh, too. Yeah. I don't know. I know, it was, McCarran, I know it was A.J. I mean, McCarron because it was because against the Steelers in, what, three weeks before that he broke his thumb and he couldn't play in that wild card game. But I don't know if Andy Dalton wins you that game. What gives having, you any indication that he would have done that up until his career? Because he was having the best year of his career that year. And he Great. was lighting it up, and they were a better team than the Steelers that year. Until they weren't. Until they had to play A.J. McCarron, and they only could score like 15 points in that game. So, 
that's a debate for another day that I never want to have because I just don't care that much. But no, yeah, Joe, I, Joe, I, I agree with you. Joe Burrow is the best, the best quarterback to, to land in Cincinnati since Boomer Esiason 35 years ago. Taking him to Super Bowl is winning an MVP. So that's the mark that Joe Burrow hopes to leave on this franchise. Do you see an MVP or a Super Bowl appearance coming in the future? It's so hard because as a, as a quarterback, I say yes, but as a team, I say no. You know what I mean? But that's weird because the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls before, so it's not like they're they're brown. But it's not like they're Browns, Lions, Jags, where they've never been there. Uh, at least but it's been a while. There's been precedent though, but I do lean towards yes, he'll get at least an MVP award. I think he's the real deal, man. I, I I think in a in an era that's transitioning towards the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, the quarterbacks, the Josh Allens, even that are mobile, I think Burrow's going to be a bit of a throwback that survives through that as that pocket passing Tom Brady mold kind of quarterback, and I think he's going to do it really successfully. Just how well will the rest of the team play around him? And so far, so good. Yeah, people, you know, when Joe Burrow got drafted to the Bengals, I know he was an Ohio kid, so it was kind of like a little hometown Homecoming. thing. But you could kind of see the worry, I think, on him when any bad <laughs> franchise picks him. I got to go to Cincinnati. But they've done a good job so far, so I think those worries are, are being put to bed. I mean, immediately after they drafted you in the second draft, they picked your best friend at LSU to, to catch passes from you for the rest of your life. So, you, like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing him a service, so I think he's – He's probably feeling a bit better about the franchise he's going to be at than he was when he first got yeah, drafted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine he wouldn't be. He they went out and they got him his best friend. Exactly. They, they, didn't, they didn't get some offensive lineman who he's never who, never talked to before, and who probably should be his best friend now. But whatever, you know, you okay. make your quarterback happy, or, or a defenseman who could help on the opposite side of the ball who he'd really never really create a relationship with. Show but. your quarterback you care about him early. That's only going to bear fruit as he moves throughout his career. You and then, and then you also, as you said, like the Chiefs did, put some more pieces around him while you can afford it. And That's then when huge. it's time to pay him, he's willing to stay there and and take your money because you've clearly built up a roster. And then by that point, he's probably good enough that he can elevate guys on his exactly. own. So you don't need. I mean, his. yeah, we at Michael Harmon is almost a household name just because of Patrick. Exactly. Mahomes. So. You, you help him out in the early four or five years on his rookie deal. Once he hits that mega contract, he's probably good enough to make Marquez Valdez Scanling a good wide receiver like Aaron. Yeah, Rodgers I mean, you does. put him in, you put him or Alan Lazard, whatever receiver that isn't Devontae Adams in Green Bay with Joe Burrow, he, they're probably going to do very well. Finally, the other team in the AFC North tied with the Steelers, the Cleveland Browns tied in the, the and, and, I think the Browns are with the Ravens as far as talent is concerned, and they should be up towards the top of that division. Real tough luck early in the season, mm -hmm. obviously with injuries, and the schedule just didn't do them any favors either. Uh, opening against the Kansas City Chiefs, that's a tough task. They played really well in that game, though, just falling short, losing to the Chargers in an instant classic of a football game, one of the best we've had so far in the early parts of the 2021 season, and then just getting destroyed by the Cardinals. So, I mean, their opponents that they've lost to are really good teams, and like I said, they've been battling injuries, and I think, honestly, that Cardinals loss, I, I, I hate to 
say a running back is as impactful as this even if, 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 I hate to say a running back is this impactful when his name's not Derrick Henry but I think the second most impactful running back in football is Nick Chubb and I don't know if Nick Chubb changes the the outcome the result of the game against the Cardinals but I think maybe the game's a little bit closer if Nick Chubb is out there for the Browns offense I mean that that offense goes as Nick Chubb goes second leading rusher in the NFL behind King Henry right now and that's, I think, a loss that they can't afford more than they can afford Baker. I mean, I think that you can get away with Case Keenum for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. if he has his full repertoire of starting tackles, starting running backs, starting receivers, JOK on the defensive side of the ball, their young and blossoming rookie middle linebacker from Notre Dame. I think Case Keenum can win you some football games, especially this football. And I don't know if he could beat the Steelers, Case Keenum. But I think he gives them a shot if they're fully healthy around him. You don't. You don't think it's any. It sets them back, rather than having Baker be out there. If I was, if a if I rubbed a lamp and a genie came out, and I was a Browns fan, and the genie said, "You can have everybody back but Baker," I take that ten times. I take out of that. 10. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Eleven like, times out of ten. And I think you win. Football He's the games. least valuable player on that team. And I right? think you win football games. So that's why I think the Chubb loss is, and now Hunt on and top of both. that, right. is going to be a bigger detriment to them for weeks I, to come than Baker being. I could out. not agree more. Uh, so interestingly enough, the game last year, I believe it was in Cincinnati, the one time that the ba- Browns and Bears. Browns and Bears. Browns and Bengals faced off against each other before Joe Joe Burrow went down. It came down to a last-second touchdown pass by Baker to win that game. It was a great game. It, it was it was back and forth all day long, and again, it was just the last team with the ball won that game. Do you think, with Joe Burrow kind of reaching this potential that we did not think was capable, he was capable of in just his second year, especially after being sidelined for majority of his first? Do you see Cincinnati being kind of a, a pain in the ass for Cleveland this year? For this year or for years and years to come? For this year specifically. Like, do you think that Cincinnati can maybe get one, if not two, wins against Cleveland this I think year? they can definitely get one win against the Browns this year, especially uh, the Browns are the Niners of this football season. I know there's no real COVID problems like the Niners had last year, but injury-wise, but injuries, they're the there's Niners. There's no team who has faced more injuries than the Browns. No have. question. And, you know, the Niners were a team that were coming off of a Super Bowl appearance in 2020, and everybody— Maybe that's the difference. Everybody thought, yeah, at least the Niners got there. Well, everybody thought they were ju- going to be just as good th- in 2020, yeah, and then the case. everybody got hurt and then or got COVID, and you just could, you couldn't pull it together. So you're starting to see a little Niner-ish stuff happening with the Browns here this year where, yeah, this was the year 12-5, and 11-6, make the playoffs comfortably, and, and try to get on a deep run, but I, injuries happen, and they're happening a lot to the Cleveland Browns at this very moment and that's something that they're definitely going to have to try to overcome and with the way that the division is and the Bengals being tougher than we thought yeah I think if they're injured going into those Cincinnati games and the Bengals are healthy with the one in Cincinnati I wouldn't even be surprised if the Bengals were favored to win it no I I wouldn't be either and years so let's go beyond that years to come who do you think is a brighter future with their quarterback right now the Bengals yeah I agree I just think the Bengals. Do you, do you see a possibility of Baker 
not being the guy in Cleveland in yes. the next two or three years? Yes. Wow. I think that it's in their best interest to go all in on Rodgers. Oh, my gosh. That would just be the worst. But you know I'm right. Like they're No, I think there is no better option for Aaron Rodgers than a hundred percent like he's got if he he's the smart one of the smartest guys in the league obviously he's got to be looking at roster if, if he is truly planning on leaving next year maybe he's not doing it now because he's in the middle of the season but I guarantee you at one point he'll be looking at rosters around the league there's no way he doesn't see Cleveland as his Tampa for Tom Brady you know what I mean I know a lot of that talent came in around Tom Brady after but there was still Evans and Godwin there and there were still good tight ends there, Brayton and Howard, that he saw. And he was like, oh, yeah, I can go down there and throw passes to those guys. Well, I think Rodgers is going to be the same way. I think he looks at the landscape and he says, who has a be- average to below average quarterback that is kind of holding that team back? Oh, it's obviously the Cleveland Browns. So a little side note here. What do you think Tom Brady saw in Tampa Bay? I think he saw Godwin and Evans. That's and then it. I think that's he- it. Though. And a commitment. I'm sure there was communication from him in the front office beforehand that they were like, "Yeah, we'll buy players. Like, we'll go all in. Like, you'll be, the, you can be the GM, Tom. Like, oh, you want AB? Even though our coach Bruce Arians said there's no way in hell you'll get AB. Uh-huh. Five weeks later, you got AB. Like, uh, oh, I Richard so. Sherman's on the market. You know, I, I played in a Super Bowl against Richard. He's he's a pretty damn good player. Well, yeah, Tom, we will bring in Richard <laughs> Sherman. So, I mean, I, I think that. Already in place, two really good to great wide receivers, so that was an easy selling point. And then probably just a commitment from the front office to not be Bill Belichick and the Patriots and actually spend money on the team. Attract, and it's Tampa Bay. I mean, a little nicer yeah, it's, this it's, time it's, of year it's, it's than a New nice England. Place to play football in Foxborough, Massachusetts. It's a nice place to live throughout the year, rather than as you said. In, Do you think he went up to? Foxborough for that game a couple Sundays ago in a disgusting 50 degree rainstorm. He was probably like, I'm so freaking glad I don't play eight games in this disgusting weather now. Mm-hmm. Like, he was probably ecstatic for himself. But it, just to kind of wrap things up, yeah, I think the Browns are good enough to win the AFC North. I think injuries are going to Not be their year. undoing this year, which is a shame because this was the year that they could, finally they could really it. put it all together and maybe make it to the Super Bowl. And you just never know if you're going to look that good year after year. If they sneak their way into the playoffs and they get Kareem Hunt and Nick Which Chubb I think back, is still possible. I think it's very possible. I, I, I think that they're one of my locks to at least make it to the playoffs. And if something happens in Baltimore where they lose a, a couple of key guys, it could be Baltimore who's, who's struggling to make their way in. Who's a couple more key guys. They already... Right, I mean, yeah, of course. But they, they lose... Re- I mean... It's clear that the guys they've lost, the running backs, have had no impact on the team, right? Only guy you can't lose, I think, is, is Lamar. Lamar. I think you're good either way, as long as eight's healthy. So I think it's very possible if the Browns get into the playoffs and they come back with JOK, even though he's not the world maker yet, that people were saying he could be uh, as a steal of the draft, uh, and you get Chubb and Hunt back, I could still see Cleveland making a run. I could, too. I think they'd be a really dangerous team if they were, like, the sixth seed but healthy. I, mm-hmm. I think that could be a, a pretty— I mean, what were they last year? They were a sixth seed and healthy. And what did they do? They went into, they went into Pittsburgh and embarrassed the Steelers. What did all... they do the next week? They went into Kansas City and lost by five points. To Chad Henney. Yeah, it took a <laughs> miracle run by Chad Henney and then a gutsy play, uh, a gutsy fourth down call by Andy Reid to, to win that game for Kansas City. 
Well, that'll do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. As always, thank you for giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opferman. We'll talk to you next time.